whistle's still blowing, the rain's still falling, and the rail's still flowing. The problems hasn't ended, you can't dispute the facts. The fire's still burning, just like the book of Acts. He fills you with the spirit, you will speak with other tongues. That's still the way that the Holy Ghost comes. Ha, 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 ha. This is it. by the prophet tuned in to another Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. I am Pastor Bob Simons broadcasting live from the studios of KDIX AM in Dickinson, North Dakota. And I know that some of you are listening other ways, but uh, that is our main uh, thrust, of course, as we're reaching out to this southwest North Dakota area. We've been doing this on the air, I think, coming up on 19 years, if I'm not mistaken. Abe, you're going to be 19. So it's coming up on 20. No, you're 18. Yeah, it's coming up on 19 years that we've been doing this in just a few weeks. And um, good to have you with us tonight. We've got, you can be part of this program by texting me, 701-290-7862. You could also email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for all the response from last week's program. Possibly the most response I've ever had, mostly good. Um, and so uh, this week I'm kind of curious how it's going to be because I'm going to be talking about another topic that a uh, little tricky. Uh, not, it's nothing new to the listeners of KDIX, uh, not new to you at all because you've heard me talk about things like this. Uh, I just want to say a shout-out to the people that have texted me so far. We've got the um, I've got Dave from Fargo listening tonight with his buddies. We've got um, the Lees here in Dickinson, uh, Brother Griffith out in Great Falls. We've got Timothy in Pennsylvania tonight. Um, we've got uh, Becky from Belfield. The um, we've got the Matherns tuned in. We've got some Woodses tuned in in Beulah. Some Schulers tuned in in Grafton. We've got. Um, Zach and Leah, some Paulsons in uh, West Fargo. The um, let's see who else do we got? Just a bunch of them just texted me too. Um, the uh, hmm, somebody just told me. I think this is the week I'm going to get baptized. I don't know who this is, but hopefully you're going to get baptized in Jesus' name, whoever it is. Uh, we've got some Lomans listening out in Belfield, and just a bunch of people texting me tonight. Great, thank you so much for. Listening and tuning in tonight to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. In the studio with me tonight is Abe. He got here right on time tonight, so he just just pulled in. Uh, his busy schedule, probably talking to Nashville agents or something on the phone. I'm not sure what, but uh, he, as you guys that are regular listeners know, he is the guitar maestro, the the Phil Keggy of Dickinson kind of guy. He's got a cousin that's a pretty good 
pretty good guitar player in uh, Beulah that uh, the two of them together I think could become pretty famous if they would if that was their goal in life is to become famous guitar players hopefully they would do it for the Lord that's the main thing I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson our next service is Wednesday night at 7:30 and that the address is 501 Elks Drive and the reason it's 501 Elks Drive is it used to be the Elks building we bought that last January it's just coming up on a year that we've been in there. Beautiful building. We turned it into a church. Not a lot of remodeling to do it. Really wasn't. But um, a lot of painting, new carpet, different things. But it really, really turned into a nice church. And if you're from this area, I'd love to have you come and visit us and see it. And you're going to love the church. We have church Wednesday nights at 7.30. That's a regular church service. And then on Sundays, we have uh, Sunday morning. We have Sunday school at 10. That is for everybody. Not just children, there are Sunday school classes for adults too with coffee and refreshments served plus open discussion in those Bible studies. And then on at 11 o'clock on Sundays is our worship service. So that's kind of our basic, um, you know, basic, uh, you know, agenda that we have. And then we always have special things going on, different things going on. So uh, we have a church in, in Bowman. We've got a church in Beach that we're starting those two places. Two really good men, several people in that uh, beach area. I've got a lady from the uh, our Bowman Church that listens every every uh, Sunday night. So hopefully she's listening tonight. We've got um, the we've got uh, the, the Sobergs listening. Gunners listening up in Harvey, and um, the um, yeah, it's pretty neat. Just some of the texts I'm getting. We've got even people from Saint Cloud. Uh, Minnesota listening tonight. So, boy, my phone is just, we've got some Schmitz listening in Bismarck. So just a lot of a lot of people listening tonight. Well, this is going to be another radio broadcast about the dangers of justifying ourselves when we're wrong. That's what it's going to be about. And this, uh, I spoke about it in our church service today. I spoke about it at the county jail today, and now I'm going to uh, speak about it here on the radio. And even though if you're listening to me and you were in one of those places today, I'm going to bring out a lot more scripture. There's a lot of things that we can talk about here. This is not a new topic to me. It's not a new topic for me doing it on the radio in some ways. But um, I've got a lot of just uh, new things that that have happened to me, just people I've been talking to, (coughs) people that have... Just a lot of people have been talking to me. I listen to people when they talk. You might think because I do radio that I talk all the time. I think my mom thinks I talk all the time. She's probably listening tonight. But really, when I'm around other people, I do listen more than I talk, and I like to do that. I I learn a lot, and and to be honest, I just get tired of talking. I really do. It seems like I talk all the time publicly, and so I like to listen to people. And when I listen to people, sometimes I hear things that I don't really want to hear, or I really don't like to hear. I want to start out in Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 through 10. The topic tonight is justifying wrong. That's what I'm going to title it, justifying wrong. Proverbs 9, verse 7 says, He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. So what this is saying is if you try to correct somebody or help somebody that is not willing to listen, 
that is so full of themselves that they're not willing to listen. You're going to get just get in a big argument, and it's going to go bad for you. That's what it's saying. Verse 8 says, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. This, These verses say that people that don't want to be taught, you shouldn't try to teach them. Because it's going to go badly for the teacher. Now, what's interesting about doing radio, or doing any of the things that I did today, for instance, there, we had a big crowd in our county jail service. I'm, I assume that everybody there was there because they wanted to get better. Because there are other things, there's not much to do at the jail, but there are other things to do there. You can play games and cards and you can uh, watch TV there at the jail. Nobody's forcing those guys to come to church. So I assume that the people that come to the jail service really do want to get better. I assume that people that come to church want to learn. I don't assume that there are any scorners that come to church. Because why would they come if they don't want to learn? And I'm going to make the same assumption tonight on the radio. I doubt if there are any people listening to me that hate me tonight. Because if you hated me, you wouldn't listen to this program. If you hate what I say, you would. there's so many other things you could be doing tonight. So I'm going to make an assumption that the people that are listening to me are after wisdom. They're looking for learning. They're, they're wanting to be wiser still. The Bible teaches us to instruct those who want instruction. And I'm assuming that's the spirit or the attitude of the people that are listening to this broadcast tonight. According to this scripture, if I, if I teach wisdom today, you should love me. That's why, like I say, people that come, quit coming to a Pentecostal church many times, even though that breaks my heart, but many times it would have to happen because the teaching and preaching would bother them so badly that they couldn't come. But tonight, the difference between this wise man or this just man or if I could say it this way, this person, man or woman, with an excellent spirit, and the scorner or the fool or the the um, um, you know this this other man, the difference is the topic of self justification. the The wisdom, the wise man, the Bible talks about, is not necessarily a man or woman with a high IQ. That's not the wise man. And the fool the Bible talks about is not the person with a low IQ. The wise person in the Bible is the person that is willing to take instruction. That's the wise person. An excellent spirit, we're going to talk about this tonight, does not mean necessarily a person that's perfect. But what it means is it's a person that doesn't justify himself or herself when, it, when they're wrong. A person, a person with an excellent spirit can admit when they are wrong and be willing to do something about it, whatever that would be. And so this is our broadcast tonight. I want you to be part of it 
by commenting, texting me, uh, asking questions on, you know, whatever, texting 701-290-7862 or robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Some truth in every lie to tickle itching ears. You know, I'm drawing people just like flies, cause they like what they hear. I'm gaining power by the hour, the falling by the score. You know, it's getting very simple now. That was a song the uh, Keith Green was singing it as if he were the devil. No one believes in me, in me anymore. We better believe that we have an enemy. We better believe that there's an enemy out there. You know, tonight, Pastor Bob, tell it like it is radio show, broadcasting live from Dickinson, North Dakota. North Dakota, I said. Anyway, good to have everybody listening. A bunch of people texted me during that song. 
And uh, good to have Shane, Casey, Jackson, Wanda listening. Uh, we've got a bunch of Simonses in a van driving in Minneapolis tonight listening. We've got Jody and her kids and Harvey listening. We've got Nate and Lily listening. Um, we've got Billy. The, he wins the award, I think, for the farthest person away listening from the Philippines tonight. So good to have uh, Stormy slash Billy listening. Uh, I want to just say hello to Brother Gordon if he's listening. He tells me he listens all the time. He doesn't text me, but uh, there's a there's an interesting guy. Uh, you can find out a little bit about him going to his website, which is called a holyroller.com, I think is what it is, holyroller.com. I think that'll get you to Brother Maurice Gordon, and um, and I hope he's listening tonight. Talking about justifying ourselves when we're wrong, the most dangerous mindset of all is this mindset of justifying ourselves. You know, um, there's examples, a lot of examples in the Bible, a lot of examples that I didn't preach about today in our church in the Bible. For instance, in First Samuel, we read about how Saul, uh, King Saul, was confronted by Samuel for not obeying the voice of the Lord, but he wouldn't admit it. In verse 13, um, uh, verse 13, First Samuel 15, verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, Saul, or Samuel came to Saul, Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But he didn't. He did not. What a scary thing to think that Saul believed it. This is what's scary about this concept of self-justification or, or justifying ourselves when we're wrong, is we can believe it. The reason that we justify ourselves when we're wrong is because we want to feel better about our wrong decisions. We listen to our lying heart, and we begin to think, I have a right to do that which is wrong. You know, I listen to people when they talk. I mentioned that earlier. I really do. I listen to them. I listen to what they say. And I hear, and I'm not saying I'm innocent of this. I'm not saying that. But I hear so many excuses of why people are doing wrong and trying to make themselves or make the rest of us believe that they're okay. I mentioned in our church service today that there is a pride in much of the country music that's like this. There's much of the lyrics in country music that talks about this. You're proud of the fact that you're doing wrong. In fact, let me just tell you this. Even admitting that you're wrong can be a form of self-justification. Like, yeah, I know I'm wrong, you know, uh, but, I mean, I have a right to feel this way and so on. It's, it's a form... It's pride is what it is. I don't listen to country music, but I occasionally hear it in stores and, um, you know, different places. I'll hear it. Sometimes I'll walk into this studio. This studio is not a Christian studio. They'll be playing some type of country song or different something, and I'll hear some of the lyrics. I was in the lumber yard a few years ago. I don't know who wrote the song. I don't know what the rest of the song said. But part of the song said something like this. You can tell me where to go, but you can't tell me what to do. You see, this topic tonight of justifying ourselves when we're wrong is so dangerous and it's so prevalent amongst humans. 
You see, I believe God understands the human condition. I believe that he does. I believe that he understands the frailty of humans, including Pastor Bob. He knows that we're frail. He knows we have tempers. He knows that we are tempted. He knows that that uh, sometimes we talk, but it's not honest what's coming out of our mouth. God knows all those things. And I'm not justifying any of those things. But here's the problem. What if you do what is wrong and you try to justify it? That's where this thing gets scary. The Bible said that godly sorrow leads us to repentance, but there's no godly sorrow if we are justifying what we're doing. You know, we've got to learn to say to God, I'm wrong, it's my fault, I'm sorry, and I will change. And you know, the truth is, the rest of us are waiting for some of you to say that too. Now here again, you might say it in that country music way, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm really not. Uh, The book of Romans chapter 2, I'm not going to turn there, and I'm not going to read out of it, but you can read it yourself. Much of that book talks about the Jewish people, the Jewish believers, condemning other people for doing things that they're doing, but they're justifying they're doing it, that they're Jews and they can do it. And Paul said, do you think God's going to be for that? Romans twelve sixteen. part of that says, be not wise in your own conceits. See, self-justification is a form of wisdom that you think you know something, that's, but it's not true. It's conceited. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Is that the one you texted me, Dave? He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Got the mayor of Leffer listening tonight again. Good. Cool. Said it's good stuff. I'm glad he likes it. Galatians 6 and 3, if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Proverbs 16, 2, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Proverbs 21, 2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. <coughs> Proverbs twenty six twelve said, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. The greatest counsel I can give you today is that we need to listen to wise counsel. Not what you think is right about yourself, but what God thinks is right. That's why Proverbs 12 and 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth hearkeneth unto counsel or listens to counsel is wise. The greatest (coughs) deterrent to true repentance is self-justification. You know, um, as I mentioned earlier, lately I've, for some reason, have had a whole rash of people that are wanting to do wrong or even doing wrong that are justifying themselves. You know, people, for instance, and I'm going to try to keep this kind of um, vague, you know. I don't want you to try to guess if you're listening who this might be. But I've had, I know people that started drinking after quitting for a period of time because something bad happened to them and they started drinking again. 
You see, you can justify that if you want to, but you'll never get any better that way. I know plenty of people that have had a lot of bad things happen to them that don't drink. Do I sound heartless tonight? Do I sound like I have no pity for people? That's not my intention. Let me just tell you this. It's not wrong to pity people. It's not wrong to feel sorry for people. It's not wrong to get mad when people go through terrible things and and you see that they're battling now because of the terrible things they went through. That's not wrong. But we shouldn't do it about ourselves. Having pity should be for other people. I mean, I I can usually listen for a short time, a very short time, and, and tell you that people are feeling sorry for themselves. And you can feel sorry for yourself all you want to, but you're not going to get any better that way. And you're not going to get anywhere anywhere with God that way. You know, I, I um, there are people that that um, you know, like like for instance, at the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson. If you come to this church, or if you even listen to this radio, you're going to hear me talk about Hollywood and television, and say things like this: that a Christian shouldn't partake of those things because there's nothing on there that will make us better or closer to God a bunch of swearing nudity violence um, you know it's just not and, 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 and even humor that's just stupid well you'll hear me say that but then here's what people will tell me well Pastor Bob you say that Christians shouldn't have a TV but I know Christians that watch YouTube. Or I know Christians that read Louis L'Amour stories and they're swearing in there. But when I hear that, you might think you're you're saying something really intelligent to me and, and really smart. But you know what I hear? I hear self-justification. In other words, maybe you shouldn't be reading Louis L'Amour either. But that's not the point. You cannot justify what you're doing by finding fault with what other people are doing. I mean, is it right or is it wrong? Like, is it right to to watch Hollywood movies that have swearing and uh, you know just filthy? You know, I you know I haven't had a TV and I and I'm not into Hollywood movies and I haven't had for forty years. Ever since I gave my life to God. One of the first things I did when I gave my life to God is got rid of my TV. Because I actually was I was such an avid TV watcher. I loved it. But when my mind was open spiritually, and I really began to listen to what they were saying. This was back in 1978 when there was no swearing on TV. But I heard what they were really saying. And I got rid of it. I didn't want it anymore. Now, the reason I brought this up is because you can justify whatever you're doing. And the sad thing about this, folks, is that after a while, you don't know you're doing it. I'll give you an example. I um, I was on an airplane coming home from Germany maybe um, two years ago. Was it two years ago or three years ago? On this airplane, it was a long flight, you know, whatever, eight hours, 
from I think it was from Amsterdam to um, Chicago, maybe, maybe Minneapolis. I, I don't remember, but there were TVs all around this. Everywhere I looked, there was a TV. You know, there was a TV in front of every seat. Now I couldn't hear the sound because I didn't have my TV going and I didn't have my headphones in. But there were a variety of different types of movies playing. But one of the movies caught my attention, and I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say this. But I glanced over and I saw it was some kind of a medieval or ancient war movie, like ancient Greece or something. And I saw a decapitation of a head. Now, it was just a movie. It wasn't real. But do you know that I couldn't sleep that night? Every time I closed my eyes, I re-saw that. But you know what? If you watch it enough, you can get used to it. And after a while, you'll justify it that, oh, that was a pretty good movie. Really? Is that a good movie to watch somebody get their head taken off? The road to recovery in our life. If you want to get better, if you want to do better, if you want spiritual renewal, you've got to get rid of your self-justification. You know, I, I mean, uh, my pastor used to say all excuses are lies. Now, I don't know for sure if all of them are, but I'm going to say most of them are. You know, I, I mean, it's amazing to me, all the things, you know, I uh, that I've heard. You know, people uh, will tell me that I don't want to come to church anymore. I don't want anybody else to run my life. They're justifying themselves. I don't want to run your life either. I don't know of anybody that wants to You know, I want to run my own life, but I don't really want to run everybody else's life. But what, I, what I'm saying is, is that we all need instruction. You know, um, I mean, I've, I've talked to somebody recently, had a tragedy in his family. That's why he quit coming to church. You know, I've talked to people recently blaming their parents for whatever. I've talked to people recently that quit going to church because they're mad at their pastor. You know, and some people are mad at me and they quit going to our church. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe you know people that are mad at Pastor Bob and quit going to our church. But I'm telling you, you can justify yourself all you want to, but you're not going to get any better. You know, you, you, uh, and it's so scary. I, I know I'm just rambling and rambling here. I haven't even looked at my text. I probably got all kinds of people mad at me now. But it's so scary when we believe it. When we do what's wrong and we actually feel justified in doing what's wrong. That is scary. When it begins to make sense to you, you know, it's scary. And if you're, you're listening to me tonight and this is what you're doing, you're doing what's wrong. You know, my wife has been gone for um, 17, 20 days now. I've got a sick grandchild down in Minneapolis, and my wife went down there to help. And I missed my wife dearly. I, I, this was probably the longest I ever went without seeing her, 17 days. I got to go. I went down there, and two of my grandsons, we went for Thanksgiving down to Minneapolis, and I got to see my wife, and oh, did I miss her. I really missed her. 
17 days that I hadn't seen her, that we hadn't been together. What if Pastor Bob said, well, I miss my wife so much and she's not here, so I'm just going to go get another woman. Does that make sense to anybody? Neither does your self-justification. You never are right to do what's wrong, no matter what you think. You know, oh, Pastor Bob, you don't understand. You, you just don't understand. You are so heartless. You've had such a good life, and you don't understand. Blah, 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 blah. You think you're the only person that's ever gone through what you're going through? Do you, think, do you really believe that? Who am I talking to tonight anyway? You know, um, the, the, uh, the, there is, you know, there are people that I know personally that have gone through terrible tragedies in their life, and they're not drinking. They didn't quit coming to church. You think you're the only one that your pastor hurt your feelings or, or forgot your kid's name or, or whatever reason you're not going to church? Let me just tell you this. If you want to do what's wrong and feel good about yourself, you're going to have to come up with a way to justify it. That's what's scary. I'm talking to people tonight that I'm convinced want to do right. And if I didn't think I was, the Bible said I shouldn't be talking. I'm convinced that if you don't want to do right, you've already shut this thing off. You've already turned it over to listen to old-time radio or something. You know, this this uh, this topic tonight is, um, is a, uh, you know, this is a hard-hitting topic. It really is. This is for all of us. Pastor Bob is not above this, I promise you. You can do what's wrong and think that you're right. You know, like, for instance, in marriage. The only reason that marital arguments go very long at all, like certainly there's going to be disagreements in marriage, absolutely. You know, one person is going to feel like we should spend our money on this and the other person is going to feel, no, I think we should spend our money on that. Okay, fine. That There's always going to be disagreements. There's always going to be disagreements in marriage. That's true. But the reason disagreements last so long is because people cannot admit they're wrong when they're wrong. Like, it is never right for me to mistreat my wife. That's never right. It doesn't matter what she would do. It doesn't matter if she was grouchy. There is no reason a husband should ever yell at his wife. There's no reason for that. And there's no reason that a wife should ever yell at her husband. And if you say, well, I yelled at them because they made me mad and hurt my feelings and it's been building up, do you know what that is? That is self justification so um, Luke chapter 10 verse 25 there was a lawyer that was talking to Jesus 25 through 29 I'll just tell you the kind of the gist of the story this lawyer came to Jesus and asked him what he needed to do to inherit eternal life and Jesus said well what do you think and the lawyer said he gave Jesus the greatest commandment Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, you're right. You got the right answer. And then the Bible says this in verse 29 of Luke 10. 
But he, this lawyer, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Right after that, Jesus told him the story of the Good Samaritan. Okay, the reason I told you that is, the man knew the right answer to the question, but he didn't want to do it. And so he came up with a little loophole and said, Who is my neighbor? Well, the answer is pretty obvious who your neighbor is. Whoever your neighbor is is who you're around. That's who your neighbor is. That's your neighbor. You know, who you live next door to, who you work with, you know, who you see on the street, this is your neighbor. You treat him right. That's what Jesus said. But this man was trying to get around that. He didn't want to do that. And I'm telling you, that kind of thinking does not didn't fly with Jesus then, and it doesn't fly with him now. Let's quit trying to find excuses. Let's quit trying to get around, find loopholes in, 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 in doing. You you have no excuse to do what's wrong. We're going to play a song. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm going to read my text. You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
playing some pretty uh, good music tonight and that song was spot on thank you so much for all of you that are listening we've got about 20 minutes left in the program this is the tell it like it is radio program broadcasting live from dickinson north dakota i've been doing this for uh, coming up on 20 did i say 20 years it must be 20 years in december yeah we should have a big party 20 years and uh, my friend dave is listening. Thank you, Dave, and uh, appreciate those kind words. We're talking about one of the most dangerous things to uh, not only to our society, to our relationships, and to, but to our relationship with God is this scary concept of self-justification. One of the reasons it's scary is because we don't even know we're doing it after a while. You know, um, in the very first human drama story in the Bible, the very first really human story in the Bible, we read of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden to keep it, and uh, they were perfect people. They were perfect humans. They were uh, probably the, the most beautiful humans that were, there ever were. They they were the originals. Um, they um, There was one thing in the Garden God told them they could not do, and that was to eat of a particular tree. It was the tree of knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, uh, there was Satan came to Eve as a serpent, and he was talking to her <coughs> and tricked her, and she ate of the tree, and she gave it to Adam, her husband, and he ate of the tree. So they disobeyed God. Later, God called them on it in Genesis chapter 3. I think it's verses 12 and 13. Well, anyway, God asked Adam, what is this that you've done? And Adam said, it was the woman that you gave me. She gave me of the fruit and I ate of it. This is the first instance of self-justification in the existence of humans. Not only was Adam blaming Eve, but he was blaming God. He said, it was the woman that you gave me. God turned to the woman and said, what is this that you've done? And she said, it was the serpent that tricked me. So God asked two direct questions. He One to Adam. Adam blamed Eve and God. And Eve blamed the serpent. But there's something missing from the story. There's something that should have been said that wasn't said. In fact, can you uh, text me, um, tell me what it is. What's missing in the story? How about, I'm sorry, God, I messed up. Nobody said that. Do you think God was looking for that? I'm going to say it again. The road to recovery and spiritual renewal 
begins with true confession and true repentance. Not with a bunch of excuses. You can tell me why you're a drug addict, and you can tell me why you have anger issues, and you can tell me all kinds of things. And here again, I'm not saying that humans are perfect, and I'm not saying even God's people are perfect. But I do believe a person with an excellent spirit will admit when he's wrong and do something about it. That's what First John 1, 8 through 10 was talking about when it says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, God, a liar, and his word is not in us. You know, you're exactly right, uh, brother from uh, Morgantown, Kentucky. The thing to say to God is, I ate of that tree because I wanted to. And I'm sorry, God. This is, this is where you're going to get to, uh, this is where you're going to get help here today. You know, all of us are going to get help here today, if you listen to me. You know, it's not your wife that's causing you to be wrong. It's not your husband that's causing you to be wrong. It's not, uh, like I say, I've got in front of me right here, I've got a list of stupid things that have been said to me recently, and I'm not going to read them. And when I say stupid things, that maybe that's the wrong way to say it, but think self-justifications. People have told me things. People have told me, I mean, these people, this people, these people weren't, didn't go to our church, didn't go to even a church in North Dakota, but people say things like, oh, our pastor kicked us out. Or, or I'm mad at our pastor, and, and that's why I don't go to church anymore. Like, like I say, somebody says, I'm tired of people telling me their opinion of what is right and wrong. Uh, you know, um, I'm not happy um, not being able to watch Hollywood movies. I started drinking again because whatever. And there's a bunch of those. You see, it's one thing to be wrong. But it's another thing to justify yourself. We all know how this feels. What You know, when we have a child that is wrong, you know, when you have a, a child that is... Um, doing things wrong, and you're the parent, what a breath of fresh air it is when a child says, I'm sorry, Dad, I was wrong. Instead of making up a billion excuses and just not admitting that they're wrong. All of us parents know what this is about. Well, God knows what this is about because we do the same thing to Him. You know, we... The word justified means to be pronounced righteous. And we can't do that about ourselves. We cannot pronounce ourselves righteous. The greatest deterrent to true repentance is self-justification. Because when it comes to truly being accepted by God, we've got to stop making excuses, comparing ourselves with other people, and we've got to repent. Repent. 
We cannot pronounce ourselves righteous. Only God can pronounce us righteous. And to be made righteous by God means we have to follow his plan. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of material here. I really do. <laughs> you know, but, but we are justified with God by grace, by his blood. Romans 3.24. We're justified by God through faith in God. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, we're justified to God by our words. James 2, 24 and 25 says we're justified by God through our works. And 1 Corinthians 6 and 11 said we are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In fact, let me, let me turn to 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that's homosexuality, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And so Paul said here, if you're doing these things and you're living this way, you're not going to heaven. And it doesn't matter what your excuse is for doing it. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter. You know, when you make a promise to a woman to be her husband and she falls and breaks her neck and becomes a paraplegic or a quadriplegic, you have no excuse to leave her. Now, some people may think that's an excuse to leave her. I think of the story that my pastor told about a man that up in Drake, North Dakota. I, I didn't know this man, but apparently my pastor did. This man would come every day to the nursing home, and he would sit and feed his, help his wife eat her meals, three meals a day. He'd stay there all day, and then he'd go home after supper. Well, she had Alzheimer's. And um, one of the staff said to this man, this old man, he would drive every day, you know, even if the weather was bad, he'd drive and be with his wife. And one of the staff members said to this old man, you know, really, this isn't necessary because she really doesn't even know who you are. And he said, that's okay, because I know who she is. You see, he looked at it like, I have no excuse not to take care of my wife because she's my wife. And all of these things that that uh, Paul mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, he said the unrighteous are not going to heaven and it doesn't matter what your excuse is. You know, fornicators, people committing sexual sin, you know, they're not married to somebody, they're having sex with this person or, or sexual relations of some type. Idolaters, you know, people, that could be people that, uh, it could be the idol worship that we do in America now of musicians and actors, or it could be people using, you know, statues and things in their religious worship, idolaters. Adulterers, this is a person that's married, stepping out on their wife. Effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind, this is homosexuality. There's no excuses. It doesn't matter. 
if you do these things, Paul said, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Thieves, that's shoplifters stealing things from Walmart. You say, oh, pastor, we don't have any money. I've got to steal. Well, you can have that excuse, but according to this, you're not going to go to heaven as a thief. Drunkards aren't going to go to heaven. So you, you drink and you say, well, the reason I'm a drunkard is because I had such a terrible life. I was abused as a child. Well, it doesn't say that you're going to go to heaven. It says none of these people are going to inherit the kingdom of God. But notice verse 11. He said, and such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see, there is a way to be justified. There is a reason. There is a way. And the only way you can truly be justified is you'll be justified by God. And the only way you can be justified by God is to come clean to God. You've got to, you can't say, I'm sorry, but, I'm sorry, but, I'm sorry, but. It's got to be, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God, that I've sinned against you. I'm sorry, God, that I sinned against others. That's where it starts, with true confession, true repentance, and then it says we are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Paul is alluding here to the plan of salvation found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. When, when the people in Acts chapter 2, when Peter was preaching, you know, these people, uh, Peter told these people, you guys... You guys have uh, crucified the Lord. And of course, if he was here today, he would tell us, we've crucified the Lord through our sins. And these people, rather than making excuses, like, well, we were just part of the crowd, we didn't understand what we were doing, you know, we thought he was going against the religion that got... No, the Bible said they were pricked in their heart, their conscience bothered them, and they cried out, to Peter in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, to Peter and to the rest of the apostles. They didn't cry out, hey, it's not our fault Jesus died. That's not what they said. They cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. You see, this is how you can be made right with God. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and let God fill you with the Spirit. I'm going to let, we we, kind of ran ourselves out of time tonight, but I'm going to let Abe give out some information tonight as uh, we try to close this program out. Well, we are from the New Life Pentecostal Church, and the address to our church is 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota, um, and you can visit our church. We have Sunday school on Sunday, Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock a.m. That's adult Bible study. And there's Sunday school for the kids as well at 10 o'clock a.m. And at 11 o'clock a.m. is our worship service. And that's every Sunday um, at the New Life Pentecostal Church. The address is 501 Elks Drive. Also on Wednesday night at 7.30, we have a regular worship service. Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. And you're welcome to join us for those services. Um, If you're from the beach area, uh, 
There is a Pentecostal service, apostolic service, every Tuesday night held at the Beach Community Center at 7.30 p.m., and that's every Tuesday night at the Beach Community Center. And um, Brother Joe is the, the minister there. And uh, also, if you're from Bowman, North Dakota, you can visit a, the Cornerstone Apostolic Church, and that's in Bowman, North Dakota, and they have service every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. The address to that church is 18 North Main, and that's the Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Also, if you're from Beulah or the Beulah area, there's an apostolic church there. Um, the church is called Truth Community Church, and um, the address to that church is 220 3rd Street Northwest, and they hold services on Sunday mornings at 1030 and um, there's Sunday school and um, also adult Bible study at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. And um, that's the Truth Community Church in Beulah, North Dakota. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of Pastor Bob, you can call him or text him. His cell phone number is 701-290-7862. Or you can email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Thank you, Abe, and thank you for listening tonight. And we've just got a few minutes left before we have to sign off, maybe three, but I just want to encourage you, you know, let's get some of this self-justification out of our lives. You know, whatever whatever you're doing tonight, whatever, if you're doing something that's wrong, um, let's get rid of all these excuses. You know, if you've quit going to church, you've got your reasons, whatever, uh, they're not going to make any sense to God. They really don't. Uh, you, and if they're making sense to you, I'm, I'm afraid for you. I really am. If you started using again or drinking again because of because of, of some kind of a weird excuse, it doesn't make any sense to God. It really doesn't. Years ago, my wife and I taught, a, we drove to Weibo, Montana, taught a Bible study to two couples that owned the Rainbow Bar in Weibo, Montana. This was many, many years ago. And uh, and I remember we got them to come to church. I baptized them in Jesus' name. And one day at the end of our service, we were singing this little course. I'm going to end this broadcast with. And I got a call at the end of, um, I got a call when they got home to Weibo that day after that Sunday morning service. And Jimmy had told his wife, I was singing that song with Pastor Bob. And all of a sudden, I heard myself singing in a language I didn't understand. And this is how that little song goes. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I give all myself to you, Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am Let your spirit move within me Here I am Here I am, Lord Sing it with me Here I am I give all myself to you, Lord Here I am 
Lord Jesus, as we close this broadcast, God, help us. Help each one of us, Lord, especially maybe those that are trapped in the deception, God, of justifying themselves. Lord, I pray that you would just help all of us today to see how this does not please you and that you want to help us and you want to deliver us and you want to save us. But before you can do any of that, we have to own up to our decisions. We just pray tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all your kind texts and emails and lord willing next sunday night at 806 mountain time i'll be back for another tell it like it is radio show Strong.